Eight Black Hands podcast coming at you again with our interview series. On this episode, we talk about Philly and all that encompasses Philadelphia and their charter school movement. Uh, this interview was prior to the election cycle that just occurred in which uh, city council officials were being elected uh, in, this, in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, our interviewees, uh, who happen, happens to be, one of them happens to be our fellow pod mate, Sharif Almeki, and uh, the OG, David Hardy, uh, both with extensive uh, charter school leadership uh, in, in, the, in, in Philadelphia. And we gave a, a, a very poignant uh, interview in terms of the current state of education in Philadelphia. So real good listen. We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, Elmeki, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. All right, eight black hands <coughs> back in the house. This episode right here is, is going to be a, a, a special one as we uh, head on down to Philly, Philadelphia. All right. 215, Philadelphia. 215, Philadelphia. So before we even kick this off, who's, who's the greatest MC to ever come out of Philadelphia? Oh, man. Don't say Scooby-Dee, man. <laughs> Parkside, for five, for five, two. Parkside. You know that's where Shoemaker is, right on Parkside. So that's you know, oh, much okay. love to Schoolie. Much okay. love to Schoolie D. Um, I don't know, man. We had we had so many. We had the Tough Crew. We had Schoolie D. We got Beanie. And not Black Thought. Black Thought is the best. Okay, all right. We got right, Black Thought. Down. Okay. Got, I was just naming everybody. We got Will Smith. Man, don't you ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you we know you be doing. Meek. You know you know. Meek yeah, we got Neil. Meek up in the house. Y'all put Meek in a top five or something? Yo, Meek, Meek is Philly, about man. It, man. And y'all didn't say nothing about Cassidy. Nothing about Cassidy. Cassidy's... Y'all quiet. <laughs> I, I'm way out of my league, man. Yeah, like, that's. A, yeah. I, 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 don't, I know the name. I, I can't. I can't tell you. I've heard. Wow. This song. All right. Sorry. No, no problem. No judgment. No judgment. No judgment. All right. So school choice in Philly. That's a hot topic in terms of this upcoming election that's coming up. What what you guys first of all, how do you guys feel about school choice? Well, school choice, parental choice, parents being able to choose wh how they want their kids to go to school and under what conditions, the type of school that they want, whether it's homeschool. I you know like I look, when I look at my, my mother and my grandparents, the choices that they've made. Um, you know, my mother uh, altogether is eight kids between my mother and my father. Uh, the eight kids, we went to Islamic schools, home schools, Pan-African schools, traditional schools, magnet schools, Catholic schools. I mean, we went, you know, they were choosing, you know, depending on the situation and depending on the kid, what to do. We even went to Qom Iran and went to school. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's really should be up to families to decide what's best fit for their children. And that may look differently for every child in the house at that particular time. I just don't think anybody, particularly those who have affluence and influence, should be telling black parents what they should be doing. 
about most anything, especially about what type of school they should want for their child. Agreed. Now, Mr. Hardy, I didn't really introduce you. See, when I'm talking, when I'm talking with OGs, with legends, I get animated, man. I get animated. I get super hype about this kind of stuff, bro. So you were as you should, as you should. Former principal of what school? Let the people know. Founder. I was the uh, co-founder and CEO of Boys Latin Charter School in, in Philadelphia. Boys Latin Charter School in Philadelphia. Now, you guys just won a state championship in something, right? Uh, no, we just won um, the city championship in uh, lacrosse. Lacro so nice. what's the, what is the demographics of your school? Well, school is uh, about 97% African-American males. 97% African-American males, and they play in lacrosse. Yep, this is only their third year. Their third year playing yeah. lacrosse. The first year they made the playoffs. The second year they made it to the championship game and lost. This year they were undefeated. They ran the table. Ran the table. All right, so like, how is nice. academics at your school? Well, we, we send the most African-American males to college every year in Philly. I mean, we got this all-black school. It's all males. We better win that. <laughs> we should win that. Um, yeah, but I mean, tip that that that's not typical, right? Like, so. Oh yeah, I mean that. that you're there's right. a reason why typical. you guys have that. Yeah, it's not typical, but it should be typical. I mean, the fact of the it matter is, yeah. that should be the norm. And quite frankly, it's frighteningly not the norm. And I mean, Sharif will tell you, there's schools in in, in West Philly who don't get three, four percent of their their men to a second year of college, let alone finish. Now, these, these uh, are public schools you're talking about? Or, cause I public wanna, schools. Wanna, public schools. schools. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so just to clarify, the charter, the charter high schools are performing better than the, the, the local district schools. Absolutely. In terms of serving, in, in terms of serving black kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and what you see, look, they have, they have multiple levels of schools. They have, the selective admission schools, they take the top kids. They, and then they have the uh, uh, citywide schools. They have admission criteria, but not as stringent as the selective admission schools. And then they have the neighborhood schools. And that's basically, they take every, you know, they have everybody. Um, the fact is, we take everybody. Sharif takes everybody. Most charter schools take all types of kids. We have better results with them. And it doesn't always show up in test scores, but it always shows up in outcomes. So let me ask you this question, right? Because a lot of heat on charter schools right now out in California, mm -hmm. you know, and, and all, you know, anti-union, I mean, these right. union guys, right. you know, they talk it, they talk it all day, right? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? What is the special sauce that you guys have? Me too, but I'm interviewing today. Mm -hmm. well, <laughs> The special sauce that you guys have that's making black kids learn. First, let me ask you this question before we even get to that, the precursor. Do you feel like black kids need to be next to white kids in order to learn? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you need, you need to be in a place where you can learn. Who's sitting next to you is inconsequential if you're in the right place and you're learning. And, and the fact is, if you're in a place where, if you're in a, a neighborhood that's all African-American, and people like going to a school in their neighborhood, and it's a good school, I see absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, mm -hmm. nowhere else, nowhere else in the world would that be criticized, except for desperate people trying to make a point. That's the only time that kind of stuff gets criticized. But I want to get back to the first question you asked, 
Yeah. And that is about school choice. Yes, sir. Because I would go a little further than, than, than Sharif. I would say that there's nobody who has a successful experience in school where their parents didn't have some say over where they went to school. You know, you when your parent, when, either by letting you go to the school that's in your neighborhood or moving you somewhere else or, or deciding that whatever setting you were in that wasn't working had to be changed. When you see people who are successful, there has to be some parent parental intervention saying, my child goes to this school for this reason, like, like Sharif said. And it doesn't have to be all your children go to the same school. They can go to all types of different schools. And we see that all the time. Uh, kids yeah. who are in, in private schools, charter schools, traditional public schools, all in the same family. So, I mean, but the thing, the thing about it, Mr. Hardy, um, isn't really no such thing as a person being against parental choice. There's, there's, you know, right. there's, to, to, there's no such thing. You know, and people, you know, have all this rhetoric about it. But when I, when I look at them and I say, like, where did you send your child? They made a choice. Right. It's only, it's only poor black families and Latino families that folks are saying, like, oh, you need to stick with the uh, whatever we hand you. And and it and it's not just schools with that. That's that's the American way as far as like how they want to treat uh, you know people of color. They want to tell you where to you know what to do, how to do it, while they make all kind of uh, choices and options. And so there's no such thing. When people say like, oh, I don't I don't want, believe in parental choice, that means they already purchased it or implemented mm -hmm. it in their own lives. Right. There's no such thing as any parent who's against choice for their own child. For it's only parents yeah. who are against choice for other people's kids. And that's, that's, right. that's just hip. The hypocrisy is just too much, you know? And I, you know, and I just, I think it's ridiculous. Well, well, it, it's, it's more than hypocrisy. It's, it's downright self-delusion. You're wrong. You're, you're, you're working to keep a system going that shouldn't be going. And, and you're using poor children of color as kind of grist for your mill to keep these people employed. And that, I mean, that is what, what people, when you say these people, <laughs> I'm being messy today. Uh -huh. What people are you talking about, sir? I'm talking about the, their unionized teaching friends. And they're mostly, they, look. The, the, the numbers the, don't lie, man. You can say it. The school district of Philadelphia has one of the whitest unions in Philadelphia. Let me now. Let me ask you this. Let me let me let yeah. me throw a wrinkle in here. Where are these people from these teachers unions that are in Philadelphia schools? Where do their kids go to school? Okay, we we just had. Uh, I think Sharif and I were bouncing this one back and forth. It's forty four percent of them send their children to private school. So forty four okay. percent of the teachers that are teaching in public schools, yes, send their kids to private school. Right. Way higher paying, than the average paying, for the average citizen. Paying average tuition. It's, paying it's, tuition for, for right. Okay. And you want to tell and they want to tell parents that look like me, that look like us, what to do with our kids? Okay, but you didn't hear that that's just the ones who send their kids to a private school that you have to pay for. We didn't talk about the kids who go to selective admission schools here. We didn't talk about the, ki the, the, the teachers who live in the suburbs and send their children to a, a suburban high school. 
when you start adding those in, you get well over 60%. You know, three out of five, more than three out of five of the Philadelphia public school teachers would send their kids somewhere other than a Philadelphia public school. Yeah, I think it's probably even higher than that. It pr- probably is. Uh, you're right. That, that, that does seem too low. Yeah. You're I right. mean, when, particularly when you're talking about like neighborhood schools, unless they're in some gentrified neighborhood, unless they're in like uh, Penn Alexander, right. you know, um, or the far northeast, you know, or little pockets in Center City, they're not right. sending them to, to neighborhood schools. So I, I would say it's, it's much higher than that. Yeah, you know, you're they, right. They, and there's no gentrified quickly, neighborhood for high schools. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, we, we just, we just uh, a couple of days ago, we, we celebrated the 65th anniversary of Brown v. Board. Today, right. I celebrated Malcolm X's birthday. There you go. Yes, sir. All right. So, our uh, other pod mate, who's not with us tonight, uh, Citizen Stewart, the glorious one, right? Mm. He sent out a tweet. <laughs> that's the funniest today. nickname, man. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he sent out a tweet today to, to Bernie. It says, Dear Bernie. <laughs> the irony of Thurgood Marshall is that he got a superior education from all black schools, Bedrick Douglas High School, Howard University, and then sent his kids to the best private schools. Mm-hmm. Exeter Academy, Georgetown Day School, the Dalton School. Mm-hmm. So these folks come in and they, they name a 10-point plan after black folks in order to rope y'all in. Right. Mm-hmm. How y'all feel about that? How y'all feel about the black exploitation? Well, that? well, I mean that whole that whole deal was there. You know, look, I wasn't there. I'm not going to be real critical of Thurgood Marshall when I wasn't there, but it does not look good that he would do all that to kind of lock our children in something that he wouldn't put his children in. This is all about. What did you have? What can I have? You had a choice. I want a choice. I might not have the same choices as you, but I want to exercise my God-given right to select what I think is best. And that's the part that people find hard to understand. And when you dig down under it, it's because they don't trust the other people. They're not smart enough to make the decision. They're going to mess it up. You didn't, but they will. And that's really the ugly part of the anti-school choice um, effort. It, it, it represents almost a disdain for the parents. And that's ugly. That is ugly. You're right. It's not new, though. Nah, oh, no. they've been doing this. This has been happening for a while. But we're just starting to, we're starting to hit on it. We're starting to, yeah. All right. So, Yo, and look, you're not gonna, wait a minute, hold up. You're not going to brush over the, the fact that today is Malcolm X's birthday, all right? I don't, so I don't number brush one, over that. Do all right, you good. All right, so, um, and I mentioned this at our last when we were out in Oakland. Um, in 1964, Malcolm demanded that 30% of New York school, public schools be turned over to families. And so, you know, to me, that, that means that he's also, like, jumping into this idea of parental choice, parental ownership, parental mm-hmm. influence. Um, all of that. And people, you know, people don't like to talk about that. But when he taught, when he launched the organization for African-American unity, a big component of that was his, uh, was about education. And he talked about that. And, you know, so like we, you know, we, people play games, you know, people want to talk about like, oh, this is anti-democratic. And uh, like, you know, at the end of the day, I want what's best for my child. Nobody better stand in my way, particularly those folks who, you know, I'm, I'm not going to see their kid in, in West Philly. I'm not going to see them, you know, 
at, at these neighborhood schools. It just doesn't happen. The politician. Nope. Matter of fact, let's talk about these politicians. Yeah, no, sorry. Okay. That's, that's what I want to. I definitely want to talk about that in terms of just the the Philadelphia landscape. So, if you guys could just give us a little, give the listeners a little bit of uh, of, of background in terms of like this election and what it means to Black folks in Philadelphia. Well, well, I think this election is much more important for everybody because the mayor has taken over public schools. So we have an elected official who we can hold accountable for the school district of Philadelphia. It also means that the members of city council have a much higher uh, uh, responsibility for oversight of, of the budget, not only the budget, but the operations of the school district. And so now making sure that we get the right people in office is more important to our children than it's ever been before. We're coming off of 20 years, eight or 18 years of being run by the state. All the kids who were in school when the state took over have long since graduated. So the fact is that nobody remembers what it's like for the city to, to be in charge of its own school. And when you do that, you got to know that uh, elected officials like people in city council have to have a say because the mayor can take this thing in a whole different direction and we need people we need strong people in city council to look out for the interests of children and their parents so that's why i say this this election this is a big election for us it's new it's new territory and and, and we're slow the teachers union put a lot of money into this election already big money okay we're looking at it from the outside thinking we're going to do it with good intentions and all that kind of stuff. It really doesn't work that way. But did, I you think just, that, did, did you just say Cory Booker's strategy is not going to work? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Look, let me, I, can, you talk about, uh, can you talk about this, uh, you know, this moratorium? They had these, these uh, elected okay. officials who none of their kids go to you know, the neighborhood schools that we're talking about. None of them, not a single one. Do we um, have any elected official with a child in public school? I mean, uh, it depends on what you call. Like, I mean, the elite school, like we had a mayor before oh, that. Oh, okay, that yeah, we got central so, masterman. So, yeah, so we got central so, masterman. Okay. So let me, let me recenter this, right? So okay. you have your elected officials choose not to put their kids in Philadelphia public schools or the charter schools. Right. But then they want to tell y'all what they'll, to do. No, they'll put them in charter schools. Oh, they'll put them in charter schools, but not they'll the public put them in, Yeah, it, not, not the neighborhood. Not the neighborhood. You know, they have, they have like, like, like Cherie said, there's, a, there's four, three or four schools like that are downtown that like are really, it's like going to private school. I mean, they're, they're really nice schools. They're blue ribbon schools. But to live around those neighborhoods, you got to spend $900,000 to buy a house. Um, and then there's the in Philly? for high schools, the selective admission school. <laughs> oh, that's what you that's what it costs. No, he, that was a, no, that was a shot from a New Yorker. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound like much in New York. <laughs> that's, okay, that's probably a one room apartment. In New York. <laughs> nine nine hundred thousand. Man, I'm going. To, I'm moving to the Hamptons with nine hundred thousand dollars. I'm not moving to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, but. But but the, but the other thing though is like they have for, for when you get when you get past the uh, eighth grade, 
um, then you have to put your child in high school. They have selective admission high schools, and they have four or five of them that have really high criteria, and they can get the kids in, you know, top two or three of those. That's a good deal, okay? But once you get outside of that world, they don't want anything to do with public education. If you have to, if you live, live north of Girard Avenue, uh, you know, which is not far from Center City, they're not going to put their kids in any of those schools. None of the schools in West Philadelphia, they're not going to do it. They're not going to put them in any of the neighborhood high schools. And because of that, those schools have less. They have less resources. They have less uh, classes. They have less teachers. Uh, and they have less consistency because people just use those jobs to get a start at the school district. Once something else opens up, they're out of there. So these are places that for 20, 30, 40 years, have languished at the bottom. They got no answer for it. And the only thing I see that you can do is break break it up, let somebody else have a shot at it. But keeping Mr. those Hart. kids trapped there, no good. Can you talk about how these jokers were uh, uh, you know, asked if they would do a moratorium? Can you talk oh. about that scenario? Because you were there. Well, well, what happens is they have, they have a uh, uh, questionnaire that the PFT puts out every year or every election to kind of gauge uh, candidates' uh, opinions on, um, on educational issues. But they put this thing in there, would you support a city moratorium on charters? Now, what that means is we have state rules governing how you open up a charter and all that. They want you to ignore all that. So and ignore the state and, and, and listen to the PFT. Listen to the PFT. And not have any, and not uh, uh, authorize any new charters. The, the very white say, PFT, right? Like what percentage? Right. Of, what percentage of the PFT is white? White? Uh, I would say better than seventy percent. Yeah, seventy yeah, percent. And they yep. up there talking to, and and most in the charter sector or the parents who are choosing, and then Philadelphia Inquirer just did a a, a, a what is it? A study, a survey, a poll, a poll. and most of the people particularly most of the black people support charters, this overly white union teaching mostly black kids are out, out there talking about put a moratorium. Do you have the stuff you have is specific silly. Numbers? Do you have the specific numbers? Review, you use their numbers, guy. Do you have those numbers? Number, for the, for the numbers poll? of what? The poll, the poll results. Oh, I get, uh, on, on the poll, I don't, I don't know. I'll send it I, to I you for the, 46, for the link. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like 46% were in favor of charters and like 22, 23% opposed charters. It was a two to one there some, margin. Yeah, there were some that were just neutrals. Like, right, I, but I don't know enough about it. Here's the big number. Here's the big the number. That, the people that, know, they, that, don't know, that don't know enough about it, those are the people that got their kids in private school. Right. <laughs> but, 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 but here's the big number. This, this is the one that got me. They polled voters. This was this was a, a, a poll uh, for mayoral, for the mayoral election. So they polled uh, registered likely voters. 56% of them said they believe that the school district of Philadelphia has gotten worse. Now this is after a time of unprecedented additional money. They put, they put an extra $200 million a year into the school district. And 56% of these are voters. These are active people. This isn't just willy-nilly anybody on the street answer the question. They went at, this is a very scientific poll. And they said, 
56% said it got worse. That's somebody's report card. I don't know if it's the mayors. I don't know if it's the superintendents. I don't know if it's the president of the school board. But somebody needs to answer for that number. Now, two, $200 million, that sounds like a lot of money to put into an urban school district. Well, I mean, and, it's, and let's be fair, it's not enough, right? Like no. Like $200 million because they were already, we were already in a deficit. Don't forget the last, uh, right. the, our whack governor there, I said whack again. Uh, he cut a billion dollars. <laughs> he cut a billion dollars out of the state, you know, um, state budget, which which is just nuts, you know. Did it balance mm-hmm. the budget? I don't know if it balanced the budget. See, I know see, that and that's, that's another thing with, with us. If you if you got to make cuts in order to balance a budget, the cuts got to come from somewhere. You know what? Right. Other places the- it can be cut. You don't cut in um, services to kids. Like I don't, I don't care what you got to do. And, you know, because it's the same joker that, you know, they he not taxing these uh, gas companies to, you know, as they're, uh, you know, what's that, that shell that um, they're extracting gas, but they're okay. not taxing that. Like, Every other state tax. Hey, I'm not drilling. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's state, state, they, they call it's it fracking. It's fracking. fracking. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. that's what it same is. Concept. But look, I don't care where they get the money from. They need more money. I mean, this is this whole idea that um, you can you can run a school district on a cheap, that you could have so many kids failing. You know, one out of four black boys in Philadelphia between the age of 18 and 24 have never held a job. Never. Okay? Uh, That's, are, they, are they employable? Uh, it, it, you know what? They probably, they may not be. I, I don't think this is about them not having access to a job. I think this is about them not having the requisite skills to take the job. And that's the school's fault. You that know, I mean, how do you go to school? You know, because these are guys that they, even if they dropped out in the 11th grade, they should have had some, some skills enough to hold some type of job. This is about kids not having any, any hope, any self, self-confidence. You know, I mean, this, they just, this place destroys kids sometimes. That's the part. You know, we look at we look at a couple of kids who get out and go to college, and that looks good. But we don't look at the kids that get destroyed, grinded in a big city public education system. It's tens of thousands every year to get grinded. Is is there is there data associated with uh, black boys in in uh, in prison, like school to prison pipeline type data? Because if if these kids I mean, if they're not if they're not employable, then that means that they're out there doing something else. Absolutely. I mean, I yeah, think you're overall, right. the high school graduation is, is uh, and it increased. I think right now is what, 65, 68%? That's for um, the whole city. That's, that's not the black whole boys. city for a year. So, black boys, that's I think the, the last time I checked 50s. was, uh, was yeah, was 50 something percent yeah. graduated in four years. Yeah. Okay. So, so you figure, you know, and you'll have a couple more that persist for, you know, the fifth year or the sixth year. But, you know, that's a, that's, that's a lot, man. That's, that's, that's almost half, a little less than half are not, you know, are not finishing. You know, you know? what, what gets uh, me, what gets me is that they'll come to our schools and say, well, you don't have enough English language learners. And, you know, English language learners, and, and I'm not saying they don't deserve a good education because I they know do. they do. Yeah. But they comprise about 8% of the school district where African-American boys are about 26% of the entire school district. And 
they graduate at a lower rate than English language learners, probably about eight points lower. Wow. Now that, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because the same, the same thing is happening in Oakland. And I would venture to say that the same thing is happening in all these major urban cities mm-hmm. in terms of black boys performing at the lowest compared right. to any other subgroup. Yeah, I mean, the SHOT Foundation puts it out every year, right? Those numbers haven't been budging. No, mm-hmm. no. And they won't budge without doing different stuff. You can't, you can't look at a problem, not address it every year, and then go back with the same plan and think something's going to change. It hasn't, things have to change significantly in order to make this happen. And they're killing these guys. By the time we get them in high school, the damage is done. They're killing these guys in like second, third, fourth grade. You know, yeah, because if you're, me, you guys, you got to think about this, right? In terms of educating black boys, I mean, like you, when you come in the kindergarten, you know, and you look at, if you compare an African American boy to their suburban counterparts, they're already behind. Mm-hmm. And so, the first three years, legitimately, the first three years, if you're not caught up and they're not on grade level by the third grade then I would venture to say that the statistics for those boys just go down in terms of their success year after year. Yeah, because you need a massive um, intervention. Speaking of massive intervention, uh, Mr. Hardy, can you talk a little bit about when you, why you had the vision for Boys Latin and the pushback? Because Boys Latin almost didn't come to fruition because you had right. some pretty powerful enemies that hated the idea of you opening a school for black boys. Right. Like they were, they were trying to chop your head off, bro. Yeah, well, what happened? I mean, we had your back, but I know, I I know. Hey, look, that's what they did. They underestimated how much the community wanted this. This wasn't like my, maybe it was my idea, but it was something that the community embraced immediately and very Mm -hmm. strongly, and that's what did it. What happened was we applied for a charter, and uh, some uh, public interest law groups like the public. Uh, Public Interest Law Center, the Education Law Center, uh, the ACLU, and it was led by the Women's Law Center. They, you sound they, like like a lot of white people. All, pretty much all white people. Okay, so and, white and people so, were basically lining up saying... Going against the school for black boys. Because it, the other thing was that the district specifically said that if we were going to open up this school, they wanted us to open it up in West Philly. Now, no doubt, West is best. It's no going to be a black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know who they thought was going to come there, whether we were going to coax guys to come from Center City out to West Philly or from, you know, some, some soft uh, Chestnut Hill out the West. That's not what we get. <laughs> we get the guys from the neighborhood. That's what we mm-hmm. got. And we, that's who we wanted. Okay, absolutely. So what they did was they conspired with people inside the district and so when we went up uh, in front of the board, they they got bold. They said, well, we talked to the law center and, and we decided this isn't going to, you know, it's not going to work. And, and, and we're, the, you know, we're going to sue. And my first question was, who is your client? Because they didn't have anybody. I wanted them to find some black, a black family that was going to stand up and say, we don't want our kid. We don't want our kid in this school, or we don't want this school to open in the neighborhood. They couldn't find anybody. Okay, so uh, we had to fight. We had to get lawyers. We had it cost us probably like a hundred, about no, about seventy-five thousand 
in legal fees, but we prevailed. Did they pay you back? No, they didn't pay us back. No, they didn't pay us back. And you know what? I think we still we still uh, suffer from that. I mean, they they took that as a bad defeat, and we still suffer from that because every time we get we the education law center or any of those groups can take a shot, they do. And and the the key thing about these th- these people, you have to understand, is they have no solution for our children. None of them. They have yeah, no interest no in our children unless somebody is is actually doing something. You know, like like to, I'm I'm just trying to wrap my head around like it was crazy then and it still sounds crazy to me now. Where mm-hmm. you get these affluent and influential white folks trying to tell black families what to do. And and when this was going on, I was a principal at Shaw Middle School. And so uh-huh. we were just middle school. And right. I was excited because I was like, you know what? I talked to my families uh of the kids that, that the boys at 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 uh at Shaw Middle School. I was like, hey, this is going to be a great option for you, to, um, you know, once you get to finish eighth grade. And you have, you know, we invited, uh, you know, I forget the brother's name from your school. He came out, several assemblies, talked mm-hmm. to the black boys and, and whatnot. Too. You did too. too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's just like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're building. And our boys was like, whoa, this is exciting. And families were like, whoa, this is exciting. But these were black families saying mm-hmm. like, hey, we are excited about this option. It's in West Philadelphia. Like it, it's going to be all boys, and the, you know the leadership is black. They understand our our, our people, our, our our children, and then you got these other jokers downtown in Center City talking some nonsense about like, yo, we we don't want that to happen. Like that's that's that we just can't tolerate that that nonsense. It's paternalism. It's paternalism. They, it's they, paternalism. They, yeah. It's racism. It's, yeah. it's hypocrisy. It's it's bullshit, you know? Yeah, it really is. Yo, yo, <laughs> it really I is. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you got to call it what it is sometimes. <laughs> so, be- before we wrap this up, I want you guys to talk about this this uh this in, uh this this new this election in the city council. Like what are what are they saying about charter schools? All right. Well, you know, when they had the moratorium, you had the you had to sign whether you were totally for it, which would be five, or whether you totally against it, which would be a one. So a five was totally for moratorium, a uh-huh. one is against the moratorium on charters. Yeah, and there was only one elected official who signed a one. And right, thank that's God, the only one that should, be, that should be, we should vote in. We Everybody should vote in, that's Janie Blackwell. Not get voted. And thank God, that's the that's the she is it's in her district where Sharif school is where my school is. Thank God for that, huh? Because we'd be in big trouble. I mean, one person. There's ten councilmatic districts in the city. Only one person voted for the people. Yeah, Only and one. I think my school is actually in Curtis Jones, but a lot of our students, because you know, it's like right across the street. A lot uh-huh. of our students live in in uh, Councilwoman Janie Blackwell's district. Yeah, this physical plant is in Curtis Jones. Um, what, what did Curtis Jones? Because he has a significant number of charters that are doing really well. He voted three. He 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 and Kenyatta Johnson, Maria Quinones, they voted. They they sat they on the They were in the fence. middle. They were like, yeah, we're in the fence. Yeah, they didn't want to get in trouble with the union, but they weren't going to go all the way to their side. You know what? I get that. I ain't mad at them. I'm mad at the people who voted five. That's, Who did a that's like five? giving anybody. Who did a five? Okay. Daryl Clark, Sherelle Parker, uh, Derek Green, 
uh, who else? Isn't Derek uh, Green on a charter board or something? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isaiah Thomas works in Isaiah the charter Isaiah did board. a five? Oh, yeah. I got to uh, keep calling him as soon as this is over. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's intolerable. Come yeah. on, bro. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, and I hope one, he win, but he get that that's that's not acceptable. Well, you know, here's the deal with it. I, I understand you gotta get elected that's my man, before and you I want do anything. Him, I want him to win. He'll be but, good for the city, but we gotta he gotta, you know, like gotta we, stand we up. He gotta stand up. That was a week. That was a week. I don't think he had to do that. I mean, because I think he would have won anyway. I think he, people like him. So when when is the election? Tuesday. 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 Mm. Tuesday. So we shall see. I mean, I, I, I think I think Derek Green's going back in. I think all the three incumbents are gonna go back in. So I think it's it's room for two. And it looks right now like Isaiah's gonna be one of them. Yeah. The other one, the other one I think is gonna be this woman, uh Erin Santamore. Um, she lives in Center City, but of all the people running uh, for at-large, she is the only one who voted against the charter moratorium, a one. She's the only one. It was only two ones in the whole thing, Janie and Aaron Santamore. So I'm, I'm supporting those two. Aaron, now, is, she's at-large too? Yeah. Got it. So yeah. last thing, you guys got Roland Martin coming into town. Mm-hmm. Talking about school choices, the black choice, which I agree with. So, it, Reef, is it, it's on your campus, huh? It is. Shoemaker's hosting, you know, this, and there's been a series of rallies. Um, you know, I hope uh, in his uh, final thoughts, uh, Mr. Hardy can talk about last week's uh, rally. But there's been a series of rallies, um, you know, from families who are, you know, just basically talking about a, a, a whole gamut of issues, not only about um, you know, their right to choose their, their child's schools, um, but also safety in, in these streets, mm-hmm. you know, what the uh, city can do. You know, some of this stuff is just, the politics of it is ridiculous. Uh, just a small example. Parents had to rally to get crossing guards if their child went to a charter school. Because the right. police department who, who manages in, uh, the, the uh, city's crossing guards basically told family, you know, for all these years, we had no, no charter schools that had crossing guards. That's a safety concern for elementary school kids. The pol- so parents went to the police department. The police said, we don't give crossing guards to charter schools. And we're like, yo, Joker, like, these are Philly's yeah. kids. What's the matter with you? You're sitting there talking about we don't do that for those children. That's still, this is a public school. And we're like, you know, but just to have the audacity to sit there and tell these families, black and Latino families, we're not going to um, protect your children crossing these, these dangerous streets because your child, because you chose a, a school other than the traditional. Like, that's absolutely insane. So the parents had to rally and fight against that. They were like, show us the book. Show us where this says that this is the law. Police came back and said, oh, you know what? It's actually not a law. We were just arbitrarily doing that. And so the parents were able to rally and get that change. But there's a lot of things like that that, that happens. And so I'm, I'm just grateful that we have families who are active and, you know, and, and will show up and, and make demands, including demanding where they want to send their child. Well, we, we need more parents like that because, you know, the days of sending your child to the district or to a school and they're going to look out for your child, 
None of that is guaranteed. Black parents, you are on your own. Cole told y'all, you are on your own. Absolutely. And if you you have a foot in there, put put a foot in that school. Philadelphia School Choice, closing thoughts. We'll start with you, Reef. No, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, families have rights. They, They have the right to choose their child's school. And we should support them and with every fiber of our, of our being. There's a long tradition of, of Black families choosing their schools. Um, and again, whether it's homeschool, whether it's private school, whether it's uh, magnet school, traditional neighbor, whatever it is, Black families deserve whatever options that the most affluent people have. And, and no one should stand in, in, that, um, in their way. If you're on city council, and you're a hypocrite and sending your ch- choosing your child's school, choosing the pathway, but then telling your constituents that they don't have that right, you need to find another uh, line of work because you're not representing the people. And so, you know, you need to uh, fall back with all of that. And, you know, if not, like family's going to just have to get you out of office because it's absolutely unacceptable. We, we, we have to stop with the hypocrisy, particularly when you have when you're in positions of power and platforms. And choosing one thing for your own, but telling other people that they don't deserve that. That's that's shameful. Oh, and we hope everyone shows up on uh, on Wednesday when we have the uh the town hall over at Shoemaker. Yep. Mr. Hardy. Well, I think that if you look at it clearly from a numeric standpoint. People in Philadelphia want charter schools. They want them for their children. They want these options, and they deserve them. It's particularly popular in the Black community. So when you see people who don't look like us coming in our neighborhood telling us we don't want this, what they're really saying is they don't value our opinion, and they don't value our children. And those are people that, that aren't good for our community. So I think this is about self-determination. Self-determination starts with what can you do to help your children, to give your children a better future? And we need to take control of our schools. And and if we can't take control of our schools, we have to have control of our kids and where they go. Okay, and that's, that's really the bottom line and until we get like that as a community, we're going to have problems because we'll always be playing an away game. We'll never be playing on our own turf. Wow, that's an amazing analogy. And I just want to say, I just want to put that out there, man. This has been a very special, very special podcast for me. I feel like I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm with living legends. And I, and I, <laughs> and I, I definitely want to say we appreciate you taking the time, Mr. Hardy, to come in and, and bless our show. This has been another episode of the Eight Black Hands. Talk about the 215. David right. Hardy focused on the 215. Philadelphia. Easy. All right. Take care, brothers. All right. All right now. Thanks a lot, Mr. Hardy. No problem. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.